I'm at the casino until roughly 4 a.m. In the wee hours of the morning After all have gone to bed I leave the casino, I get home within 20 minutes. I had an apartment that was close by. Yes, I go all to myself Think of things that you have seen You know, regular night. I go to bed. Yeah, but I fall asleep weary one. I get woken up to a loud pounding on the door. If there is anything for me. It's either you're getting robbed, someone trying to knock down the door, or the cops. So I grab my gun right away to defend the house. I always have a lot of cash in my safe. Too young. Then I hear I just put my gun down, I go open the door. But when you looked at me and smiled, hands up. That's when it all began. That's Ray. He surrendered to the FBI right then and there. If you asked me when we were kids where Ray would end up, honestly, I would say right here. Handcuffed in his Gucci shorts and Gucci slides, flashing his newly minted veneers as the neighbors stood there gawking. He was probably more worried about how pale and skinny he looked, and less worried about the handcuffs on his wrists. For as long as I could remember, Ray was always good at making a couple pennies. The problem was, didn't matter how. Ray Trapani was being arrested for fraud. Conspiracy to commit security fraud more specifically, and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. For what, you might ask? Well, Ray's company was called Centratech, and he was one of the founders. During the summer of 2017, Centratech became a massive success, raising millions of dollars from investors. A-list celebrities like Floyd Mayweather and DJ Khaled touted the company as the next big thing. And their success wasn't limited to the US. Centratech went global. Two kids from New York were gonna change the world. Until they didn't. And I'm here to tell you why. You know I wonder, I wonder Will I ever be back with you? Ray and his partners raised millions of dollars on false promises and partnerships that they claimed would disrupt the financial industry. And they made these claims across interviews, social media, and email. When Centratech launched, not only had they caught the attention of hundreds of investors, but also the SEC and FBI. Law enforcement had rarely come across a crime like this before. Centratech was something new, novel, unregulated. The opportunity to deceive was high, and the stakes were massive. By the time the feds caught up with Ray and his partners, the initial funds that were raised had turned into a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, according to the pending class action lawsuit, we're talking billions of dollars. That's a billion, with a capital B. I'm Johnny B. Good, and this is Creating a Con. The story of Bitcoin. Episode 1 Breaking Bad. This SEC crackdown on initial coin offerings. 
They made two arrests of the co-founders of an ICO that was backed and promoted by Floyd Mayweather, DJ Khaled. The founders of that company, they've been indicted now for defrauding investors in the course of operating their company, Centra Tech. They found rampant plagiarism, identity theft, fake executive teams. The danger is there's manipulation, there's fraud, and people don't know the difference. Ray was mixed up in one of the largest financial crimes of the decade. He found himself far away from home and in a shit ton of trouble. His company, Centratech, found itself directly in the crosshairs of the feds. And as the FBI and SEC turned their eyes on Ray, well, he was fucked. But Ray wasn't the only one who'd lose everything. I threw my phone on the floor. I was like, I invested how much money into this shit? All of Centratech's investors would see their valuable investment in the company evaporate instantly. When my assets went from $3 million to zero overnight, I went onto Centratech's website. It just said shut down and you had no answers. Ray and his partners were lying to, stealing from, and cheating unwitting investors. And they left a lot of destruction in their wake. It did lead to a lot of family trauma. And ultimately, I haven't spoken to my father in four years now. All right, you might be thinking, some shithead ripped off a lot of people. Why the fuck should I care? Sounds like something I've seen on Netflix. Guess what? You probably have. And that shithead you're talking about? Well, he happens to be my best friend. And before you start judging me, you have to understand, growing up, Ray was basically a member of my family. Sometimes I'd come home late from a cello lesson or some shit, only to find Ray there playing Nintendo in my room. As we got a little older, I knew he was getting into shady shit, but he was like my brother. I knew the things he did for money weren't exactly legal, but so what? We've all got that friend or relative. If you don't, I promise you that you do. The thing is, people don't just turn to a life of crime overnight. Ray was no different. He wasn't always a criminal. At least not before the age of 10. It was an evolution. Didn't matter if he was selling drugs or one of the most prolific con artists of all time. To me, Ray Trapani was always just that quirky kid from Atlantic Beach who always had my back. Growing up in AB, there was a lot of money around us. It's a white-collar town with blue-collar running through its veins. Ray saw early on, money was within his grasp. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. You know, I believed I could speak it into existence. Ray never lacked confidence, that's for sure. But it was more than that. Certain things are placed on a pedestal in Atlantic Beach. If you walk into the town hall, you'll see a signed poster of The Sopranos. That should tell you everything you need to know about the town's values. I always wanted to be a criminal when I was a kid. I was fascinated with, you know, Catch Me If You Can, Wolf of Wall Street, these type of movies. And guess what? That's exactly what Ray did. He became a career criminal. While friends were at grad school, working on Wall Street, or busting their ass trying to break through as a writer like me, my best friend was plotting and scheming toward his next big payday. But to understand how Ray Trapani ended up surrendering to the FBI and facing over a hundred years in prison, we need to go back to where his story begins, in Atlantic Beach, New York. 
Yeah, room. Oh, you cramped back there. <laughs> you guys are both mad. Yeah, I know. You're the one that got this stupid car. Good thing I don't have my old car. Yeah, my car probably has more room. This is Long Beach. Atlantic Beach is just like the private sector of Long Beach. This is a beautiful neighborhood. Like, this is like where we use a skateboard all the time. This is Putnam. Putnam is where I used to live. No, you live on Rensselaer. No, Putnam is a street away from where I used to live. Like, plaza you're thinking of. I'm terrible with like geography. Geogra geography. Geography. <laughs> he has a way with words, doesn't he? Long Beach is really like what people know. It's where people come to surf and party. And Atlantic Beach is just like all the rich people that don't want to live in the craziness of Long Beach. They just live in Atlantic Beach. Atlantic Beach, or AB as we call it, carried a reputation. And the kids that lived there did too. We weren't so much degenerates, but we weren't not. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we always had each other's backs. The town, it thrived off hedonism. We went to high school in Lawrence. If you've ever seen Goodfellas, you've probably heard of it. By sophomore year, my parents were done with Atlantic Beach, so we relocated to Florida. It was not my choice. My parents were afraid of Ray's influence on me. They wanted to separate us, and my dad knew relocating was the only way. Can you imagine? My parents decided to move our entire family to another state because of bad influences. But here we are. Ray was always a little different. His outlook on life, it wasn't the same as mine. Everything he learned, he learned on the streets of Atlantic Beach and from his family, especially his grandfather. For as long as I can remember, I was always trying to make a couple pennies. A couple pennies is actually my grandfather saying, no matter what it was, no matter how much, it's always a couple pennies. It didn't matter how or why, I was always gonna find a way to make money. I saw other people doing it and I knew I could do it better. Everything around me was illegal. My brothers were all selling weed. My grandfather's kind of like a mafia criminal. He's like the one that's carrying the family financially. And my mom's busting her ass. I'm like, one day I'll be able to help my mom and pay all her bills. I always thought Ray's pop was in the mafia. Just never heard him say it before. Ray's desire for wealth was born out of his surroundings. This is my house growing up with Zovia with the trampoline and all this crazy shit. I don't know what crackhead moved in here, but it looks worse than it did. It looks exactly the same. My mom bought that house on foreclosure to put us in a good neighborhood. Ray's dad was out of the picture by the time Ray was born. My mom worked all week in the hospital, like ICU, just to like kind of make sure we were able to pay the mortgage. Living like above our means in a nice town. That nice town, the nice neighborhood Ray's mom, Carrie Trapani, wanted for her son, well, it came at a cost. We were the poorest people on the block, let's put it that way. But they knew that they were loved, you know, and they knew that they were safe. And that was the most important thing to me. My family's broke and my mom's busting her ass 80 hours a week, killing herself. And then like all my friends around me, they don't have to hustle. Their mom's not killing herself. They're all stay at home moms. And you know, like their dad just like a stockbroker or owns some big business. So like you're always chasing basic life and then everybody around you is like well off. It's very hard not to be like, oh, I gotta get to where they're at. That made me very me against the world. I think a lot of people that grow up around more wealthy people and are struggling as a kid tend to do illegal activity. 
And they're also the more flashy people, which I always was. It's like a poor man's quality is like that flashiness. Ray was always flashy. And come to think of it, so was his grandfather, William Hagner. Bill, or as Ray called him, Pop, was the family patriarch, the protector. In many ways, he would shape who Ray Trapani would become. So back in the day, my grandfather, he's a bigger guy, very tan, <laughs> uh, super German, fucking always a lot of gold on, like your prototypical not Italian mobster, but he looked like a mobster. He was the head elevator inspector for New York City. The correlation between that and uh, organized crime, the elevator unions are always the most shady unions because they control all the flow in any construction job because you need an elevator to bring windows or anything to the next floor, right? So every job that went on in New York City, you know, he obviously got a piece of that, but he was just a super connected guy. If there was one thing that Ray got from his grandfather, it was loyalty. Pop always supported him. Ray was his blood. My grandfather was always on my side, no matter what. He didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Oh, Ray has a business idea. Let's give it a try. Pop was the one male influence in his life that would encourage him, support him. Pop instilled loyalty in Ray. He always had Ray's back. And that stuck with him. Hell, Ray even has a tattoo that says loyalty running up the side of his torso. But that's the thing about Ray. If you're in his inner circle, he's loyal to you to the day he dies. But if he doesn't know you, he'll be the first to fuck you over and leave you with nothing on the side of the road. To learn the truth behind Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech, subscribe and listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. I wanted to let you know that all episodes of Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, are available exclusively with an iHeart True Crime Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and are 100% ad-free so you can binge the entire season. So head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hold up. 